The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and a humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep, we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy Lord. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord and grant O most merciful father for his sake that we may hereafter live a godly righteous and sober life to the glory of thy holy name Amen Almighty God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who desireth not the death of a sinner but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open
please be seated as the choir sings Psalm 95. Here beginneth the eighth verse of the sixth chapter of the second book of Kings. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. 
Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. And he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, when they were come into Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink, and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. Here endeth the first lesson.
Here beginneth the 15th verse of the 17th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Here endeth the second lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. O almighty and everlasting God, who didst give to thine apostle Bartholomew grace truly to believe and to preach thy word, 
Grant, we beseech thee, unto thy church to love that word which he believed, and both to preach and receive the same, through Jesus Christ our Lord. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, we humbly beseech thee to bless our Sovereign Lady Queen Elizabeth and all who are set in authority under her, that they may order all things in wisdom, righteousness and peace to the honour of thy holy name and the good of thy church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. God save our gracious Sovereign and all the members of the Royal Family. Amen. Let us continue in prayer. As we continue, as the world continues to suffer from the plague of the COVID-19 coronavirus, let us remember all who have died, all who are still suffering from that disease. Let us remember those who have died unconnected with that disease. And also, as his year's mind nears, we remember Harry Potts, the presenter in this church for many years, who died last year. O Lord our God, from whom neither life nor death can separate those who trust in thy love, and whose love holds in its embrace thy children in this world and the next, so unite us to thyself in that fellowship with thee we may always be united to our loved ones, whether here or there. Give us courage, constancy and hope through him who died and was buried and rose again for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray to thee, O compassionate Lord, and ask thee to guard us in peril, to direct us in doubt, and to save us from falling into sin. From the evil that is around us and within us, graciously deliver us. Make the path of duty plain before us, and keep us in it, even unto the end. For the sake of thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we return to this house of prayer for Evensong, for the first time since March, let us pray for this place on its patronal festival, and for all those who keep our spirits alive by the gift of their singing. O God, in whose temple at Jerusalem were appointed singers and those skilled in instruments of music to set forth thy praises, be present, we beseech thee, with us thy servants, and grant that in this our service we may worship thee in spirit and in truth and at last be found meet to glorify thy name in thy temple which is on high. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all evermore. Amen. The choir will now sing the anthem, which is Rejoice in the Lamb by Britain.
we are back. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Five months of exile from Evensong. Five months without the building. Five months without the choir. Maybe you've been joining us in our devotion to this service online. Maybe you've been celebrating it alone. Maybe you've been fasting from its joys all these long months. And although we ought, at all times, humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, it is an inexpressible joy to assemble and meet together today to render, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have indeed received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. You know these words, I'm sure. Cranmer crafted them, and I've read them I don't know how many hundreds of times, but preparing for tonight's service, drawing up the booklet, they hit me like a freight train. Preparing to assemble and meet together once more. Now, of course, Paul was right in the speech that we heard him give in the Areopagus today. I mean, not today, obviously, 2,000 years ago but today we heard the recounting of it. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And yet, while God does not dwell in temples made with hands, that does not mean we don't need them, made as they are, to be the place where we gather and find our strength from each other, from those that have gone before us, from the music that they wrote, the buildings that they built, the candles, the chairs, the sculptures that they made. And that's why we ought most chiefly to render our thanks to Almighty God when we assemble and meet together. And we look around tonight and see all that we have missed. The stones that don't quite look the same when you can't smell their ancient must. The music that doesn't quite sound the same without the rector coughing. The friends who don't quite gossip the same over, over Zoom or house party. The people we don't know, whom we'll never know if we're both just downloading a track from Spotify and not bumping into each other in the rising sun afterwards. That's what we lost, my friends. The reality of physical contact of interaction with the things of human beings, both those things that we have made and the people who made them. We could pray. Of course we could. But we were praying alone. And the God, who is not constrained in his temples, who is not like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device, who did not lock down, even when told to by the authorities that be. That God, of course, was praying with us, and weeping with us, and standing with us. The unknown God Paul spoke about is unknown no longer, is known by 2,000 years which have brought us to this place with these people and this music to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands. A serious house, 
on serious earth it is, in whose blent air all our compulsions meet, are recognised and robed as destinies. Philip Larkin's poem, Church Going, has grown in resonance over lockdown. For the future he predicts in it, when churches fall completely out of use, seems a lot nearer today than it did only five short months ago. A cacophony of voices saying we have no need of old buildings, that we can worship God as well on the sofa with a cup of tea as we can in a Norman Priory or a Wren church. That cacophony of voices has left many seriously pondering the question, as Larkin put it, what we shall turn them into if we shall, and wonder, if we shall keep a few cathedrals chronically on show, their parchment and plates and picks in locked cases, and let the rest rent free to rain and sheep. It has not been a good season for churches, for choirs, for the physicality of worship. But tonight tells us a different story. Tonight, we see the hunger for worship in person, the magic that this ancient service can weave with words that take us deeper than we could ever hope to go by our own efforts, and music that takes us higher than we could imagine by ourselves. And that much never can be obsolete since someone will forever be surprising a hunger in himself to be more serious and gravitating with it to this ground, which he once heard was proper to grow wise in, if only that so many dead lie round. But it's not only for that reason. It's not only that so many dead lie round, but that so many living sit stand and kneel in it too. And having knelt, stand once more and go out into the world, refreshed, filled with the music and the words and the conviviality that all themselves tell tale of the presence of the God who cannot be constrained in this place, but can make it come alive. Alive like it came for Rahir, our founder, when he built it almost 900 years ago, alive like it came for Walter Mildmay, Chancellor of the Exchequer, buried just across the way from Rahir, Puritan and monk, joined over the years by the cavalier and the philosopher whose memorials are on the walls, the rector and the director of music, all of whom transformed this place and found themselves transformed by it in their turn, whose contribution to the Church of St. Bartholomew leaves us with the question that it is proper for us to ask today on his feast. How will we make sure that this church is not let rent-free to rain and sheep, but remains alive to charm and to transform many generations to come as it embarks on its second 900-year stint. So God bless St. Bartholomew on his feast day, and God bless St. Bartholomew the Great on ours, and God bless you for joining us in this celebration on that day, and of our return to choral evensong, and of the God who made the world and all things therein. And God bless all who have gone before us, and all who will go after us, and that we might be worthy of the trust that has been placed in us to keep the light shining in our own generation. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty.